Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now, this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi. Hi. Did I really, is is this a fake or is, did I reach you? This is fake. <laughs> I mean, if you Hi. think about Play-Doh, shadows on the wall, you know what I mean? We're just <laughs> looking at the shadows on the wall, my friend. You calling about Fabulous. a severe head injury? Yeah, well, define um, brain problem. Well, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Has a, has a doctor ever said anything concerning about your brain? I mean, so I'm thinking, is it does it have to be like a physical injury, or could you like um? Tell me what like, you, you got. Include, like a Tell neurological. You... I don't know, like maybe schizophrenia or something. Is that what you have going on? Um, I I did from uh, ages like 19 for a few years. I've heard you can. I've like I was told it could happen like for a couple of years and like. Um, your late teens and then I guess for me it just sort of went away after three years no medication or anything oh yeah I got a lot of medication I got really fat and even more depressed and so I said fuck medication and you quit and, um, and then it just eventually went away and I guess um, other factors in my life changed and uh, I'm fine now <laughs> wow well I am not educated on the topic I'm gonna be the first to say it so I don't know but I'm glad you're doing well and, thank um, you. Sorry, thank you. That... me and my husband listen to you religiously, and we've always wanted to call. So it's really cool you you brought the, the podcast back. Thank you so much. Aww. Wait, let me see if I can play one of my new songs. Uh, <laughs> iHeart has a library of songs. Hmm, what's this? Instead of hatred, I choose love. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, listen, much love to you and your husband. Thank you for calling in. Thank you. Thank you. We're calling in from the Bay Area. Oh, 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 (laughs) the Bay. Hold on. This is, uh, that's a dinner bell for you. There you go. All right. (laughs) Off to to feed. Um, Do you know that I was once on a Southwest flight with both Too Short and E-40? Yeah, yeah. My husband was telling he heard that podcast and it was and it has um his retelling of that was uh 
was um really funny really funny so i, I didn't hear the podcast but i have listen no pressure i have heard that no pressure but isn't that kind of crazy yes that is cool and twice I, I just feel like for the Bay Area, there should be some sort of security system in place where they can't both be on the same flight. I mean, too short is your security. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! What else do I? I have some new, some new music cues. Um. You say all of this crazy stuff that I do not want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Your voice sounds really good there. Listen, that isn't me, honey. That isn't me. Oh. But oh, okay, okay. I guess, you know, when you think about all these new iHeart cues, the real thing you could say is... Silence is the purest truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, silence. That is, these are actually starting to be pretty amazing. Okay. Um, well. It. I, I mean, I'm I'm really happy that you're feeling better, that you're found love, you're married. I appreciate yeah. the um, the call. Anything else you want to say? Well, I guess like part of the reason I'm I was asking about brain issues is because we, this whole theme of this episode has to do with that. So we're talking to a doctor, we're talking to a uh, comedian uh, who had to get brain surgery. It's all here. Okay, okay. I'm gonna go slam my head against the wall. Wait a minute! No. <laughs> No, just kidding. <laughs> How did we get to this point? Now, did we get so far away from what we were before? Away That's from a bop. What really <laughs> What's that one? I need that one. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Why are these songs so good for this call? I mean, you say you're going <laughs> to slam your head in the door immediately. How did we get to this point? Um, <laughs> anyway, I don't even think I can hang up because there's an error message on my <laughs> screen here. Oh, but, oh um, did wait. I get the honors of hanging up on you? Yeah, hang up on me. Call me a bitch and hang up. All right. Uh, Stupid I'm bitch. I'm going to hit my little, my little pad with sounds. Bye. Stupid bitch. You forgot to call me a stupid bitch. <laughs> nice guy. Nice call. Um, How did we get to this point? <laughs> these these music jobs are amazing. Okay, so thanks, iHeart. Loving the music. How did we get to this point? Now, did we get so far away from what we were before? Hello? Hi. Hi. What's your brain or head problem? Uh, I, I mean, I had a brain injury once. How was it? <laughs> uh, it was pretty shit. Uh, I... Got a concussion playing rugby. I wasn't allowed to, like... Thank you. Huh? I was just saying, you know, I hit the no thank you sound effect in response to getting a concussion. Oh, sorry. No, no, I mean for, you know, no thank you from your point of view. No thank you, concussion. I'm on your side. Sure, sure. Okay. Oh, thanks. Oh, my God. Um, 
Yeah, I wasn't allowed to raise my heart rate for, for two months. Wow. Yeah, it sucked. That's how, Have I'm you ever sorry. had a brain injury? Not yet. Not yet. Well, God willing. Um, Wait, how did you get the concussion? Rugby. Mm, yeah, that's tough. That'll get you. Rugby will get you. There's no yeah, two yeah. ways about it. It will leave you. Mm, hard to hear that <laughs> drop. I think the B is cut off. It's supposed to say broken uh, and alone, but it sounds like oaken and alone. Uh, but also, maybe it's just not not uh, easy to hear. Well, this is where it ends between you and me. I just cannot pretend to see what I do not see. Wow, that was really nice. Thank you. <laughs> How's your brain now? Uh, it's okay. My teacher at the time, she would always come up to me and say, you're not the same. You're not the same. What the and fuck? that was a little disconcerting. What the hell? Was she trying to be I funny? Know. That's terrifying. I know. I, know. I was like, <laughs> I, I thought I was in some sort of Phineas Gage situation. Whoa, I don't even get the ref. But you know what? I'm not good oh. at refs. I never get references. I'm always like, what is that? Phineas Gage? He had like a metal rod jammed into his face. Did you get a and... metal rod? No, no, no. But like uh, his whole personality changed because it went through his frontal lobe. Damn, damn, damn. But still, like when you were like, my teacher would always say like the last thing I was expecting was you are not the same. You <laughs> I, are not I know. The I same. know. It's not the most nurturing. It's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I'm OK now. We'll see in 15 it's like, years. Here, here's like... you in class. You're walking around. Actually, I wanted to put footfall in the sound cues, but I don't have it yet. Okay, so you're walking around, you're walking around, and then you see your teacher, and she looks you dead in your eye. <laughs> you are not the same. You're That's like, pretty much um, how it went down. She told me every day for like a week. Yeah, you're like, uh, what's her homework for tonight? She's like... You're like, you're getting kind of fucking weird. Did I hit my head or did you hit your head? She was a little odd. Uh, she may have. She may have. Yeah. But she just told me to enjoy the time I had left, you know. One time you're driving down the freeway and you see a car that's like, looks a lot like your teacher's car and it's kind of tailing you. Then it pulls right beside you. There she is, the teacher. She's neck and neck. Her car's beside your car. The window comes down. You are not the same. And she peels off. She drove off. That's violent. You're almost. Like, what the fuck is up with this lady? I don't know. She had an edge. She had she, an edge. She was on one. All right. Well, listen, Um, you know, good call. No. Really. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Okay, well. Totally good Sorry. call. Gotta know I've almost had enough. Cause listening to you has gotten far.
far too tough. Oh, fuck. This is, that needs a different trim there. That We're working on the fly here. That is a starting mid-sentence. Okay. Anyway, well, I guess it's time to go. All right, I'll see ya. All right. You're still here, aren't you? Oh, do you want me to hang up? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were self, uh, self-ejecting. <laughs> Whoa, maybe one day because my head injury. Right. And then I, I saw you were self-ejecting and then I was staring at, squinting at the screen and I saw the time was still counting off. All right. Well, okay. Well, then I guess I'll I'll uh, hang I, up. I, on this on this episode. No, no. This is the thing. I'm actually turning the tables on this episode. This episode only. You can say "fuck you, bitch" and hang up on me. Ugh. <laughs> you don't want to. <laughs> Not really. I was kind of hoping to get the treatment, but whatever. All right. Fine. I'll do it. You seem like a real sweetheart, but I gotta go. Looks like we're out of time. Goodbye. I did it. Didn't want to. Tried to give her the opportunity. People like having someone in control, you know? Um, all right. So what a head injury centric ep we have. Why? I don't know. It just worked out that way. Um, is it interesting to you? Is it a head scratcher? Is it too medical? Arguably, this episode. It's fun to have range, though, isn't it? It's fun to never know what to expect in a way, isn't it? And I think that's kind of something that people who like this podcast like. You don't know what you're going to get. Um, anyhow, you know, I had a, a roommate in, um, in New York who was a physical therapist for people with head injuries. And she said that they were like, they a lot of times people with head injuries are sort of mean like they'll say exactly like oh that's an ugly shirt and stuff like that seems like that's a funny side effect of working with people with head injuries as you get insulted it's like they they become roast comedians i know someone who fell off a horse and similarly people were like he was never the same you don't really want to hear that after you've fallen off a horse you're like i'm sorry what You've never been the same again. Like, that's the scariest side effect. That's like the most sci-fi side effect of an injury. So you, the person you think you are, yeah, that's not who you ever were before. Because I bonked my head? What the fuck? <sighs> All right, so we got a schizophrenic and a concussion. Concussion. We got a schizophrenic and one concussion. And somehow that's enough. So I didn't used to really do interviews on this podcast. Like, I, I don't think I did with people that I had never met and things like that, aside from callers. And so this this iteration, we are reaching out to people that fascinate us, I want to say, but it's really me. And I, I'm reaching out and trying to see can you come on the pod? And one of one of these people is this neurologist that I started watching this Netflix series, Lennox Hill and Emergency NYC. And on then, so basically it's like emergency room visits. I think that it's, 
it was just such riveting television. It did give me absolute insomnia because you really just realize like anything could happen at any time, you know, like human bodies are not, you know, we're vulnerable yet strong at the very same time. And so anyhow, but Dr. Langer was just this character on there who's so passionate and he works so hard and Anyway, I, he just very like you just very I admired him watching it. But it is funny because he did a video interview with me and I, I, I'm i I'm embarrassed. I actually have to set it up that I'm a little embarrassed because I couldn't have been trying to. <laughs> First of all, it's like I'm Diane Sawyer. I'm trying to do like a serious interview with a neurologist. Like, how dare I? And second of all, um, I'm like trying to use medical speak and verbiage to impress him and. I don't know. I just want to just acknowledge. I think I am being like weird <laughs> in this interview, but it's like my first interview. I think that I did for the podcast, this new iteration. I keep saying iteration, iteration. Um. So anyhow, I couldn't believe he agreed to do it. I was very, I do feel very, um, I was excited. I got to talk to him. I think um, we're still figuring out the combination of comedy and extremely serious things. But um, let me know what you think of this old Dr. Linger interview. Also, um, we have a special guest in the show who is a comedian who also had some brain related struggles and trauma. And again, straddling the line of comedy and just, holy shit, fuck. Sorry this happened. What a fucking (laughs) awful thing. Let's hit a sound cue. You know, we discussed it beforehand that, oh, there's sound cues and stuff, but still I felt dirty. Um, This is like a confessional. I just drew 500 hearts on a pad of paper. So basically what I'm trying to say is, listen, this is all a grand experiment. And thank you to Dr. Langer for coming on the show, our surprise comedian guest, for your vulnerability, your honesty, your fortitude. And let me know what you think. I should also say that the comedian interview ended in a horrific manner in which I felt like a character on Lisa Kudrow's The Comeback. There was no getting around it. (laughs) So get ready to really analyze the ending. Am I a bad person? Let me know. Oh my goodness. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. 
When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Yes! Oh, shut up. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious me. No, this is, I mean, this is huge for me. This is huge. <laughs> oh, I cannot believe, I swear to you, I have told my nearest and dearest. You're embarrassing me. No, I, this for me... I, I don't know what to tell you. This is huge. Thank you for doing this, first of all. Um, for the listener who isn't in the know, this is Dr. Langer, a brain fluencer, as only I have called him. Because <laughs> everything has to be some type of influencer now to get anyone's interest. So I'm calling you a brain influencer. Um, I became obsessed with Dr. Langer through... Would you call it a docu-series? Yeah, I'd be probably the best thing to call it. <laughs> a docu-series. I don't actually know which came first. Was it Emergency NYC or Lenox Hill? Lenox Hill was first. I'm much older than Emer Emergency NYC. Really? See, yeah, I didn't notice. I swear to you. I swear. Now, these are two incredible um, series that show well emergency nyc seems to have more of a focus on just general emergency room visits yeah it's a little more dynamic and moves around a lot and has it's a little more shorter form so it doesn't follow the, the stories of the patients as much as it follows the different healthcare practitioners but it's a little bit more diverse more women which i think is good it's, listen uh, you're underselling it air york city it's an emergency room docuseries so you just and you know this is what i think is so fascinating about it so the whole reason that everyone rubbernecks when there's a traffic accident this show is like rubbernecking and bringing you right into what happens next and i think it satisfies some primal urge you know of 
the fragility of life, but also the endurance of life. Um, and kind of dances on that razor's edge. <laughs> and for me, that's where I like to live. So, um, again, thank you for being here. Um, you're such a passionate person, which I think comes through in the show, how much you care about what you do. What were your passions as a child? I drove my mom crazy. Okay, good. So my son might be a neurosurgeon. I'm the oldest of three boys, but I was always the peacemaker with my two younger brothers. But um, I think I was always attracted to science and um, always was a little creative and a little edgy. But in a, you know, I was also a little insecure and um, wasn't an athlete. I wasn't uh, the most popular guy in the room. Got a little, got a little heavy when I was little and was a little insecure with the girls. And so you probably got bullied when I was. Uh, in seventh and eighth grade. So I probably had a chip on my shoulder and wanted to prove that I was as good as everybody else. Probably where this all started. Listen, I, I think everyone that was cool in elementary school is pretty much a loser as an adult, as a rule. <laughs> so I think that all checks out. <laughs> so when you went to med school, did you, how soon did you have to define your focus? I mean, the sooner the better, just especially in competitive residencies, you're better off <clears throat> knowing sooner because you need to sort of build your CV and your your kind of uh, experience to be more competitive. But I um, I remember thinking like when I was in college about doing neurosurgery, but um, you know, back then neurosurgery was not like it is today. The, the operations were much bigger than they were more dangerous. And we didn't have some of the imaging and, and the techno technologies that we have now. So the outcomes were uniformly worse. And the types of people uniformly men that when the neurosurgery were a little bit more cavalier and narcissistic and kind of edgy, you know, maybe not as emotionally uh, aware of themselves if you get my drift. I mean, it was a cowboy field. Yeah. I think we still have an element of that today, but it's it's changed a lot just because um, the outcomes are better. The technologies is more, less invasive. It isn't so gory and, you know, crazy as it was then. But I was sort of in between the two transitions and you know, by the time I got to medical school, neurosurgery, MRI had come out. I mean, MRI changed our business. Yeah. Uh, that came out in the mid 90s. And I finished, um, actually, I'd say late 80s. I finished medical school in 1991. And so that was around the time an MRI was really becoming a dominant force in healthcare. And that really changed neurosurgery because we were able to create safer uh, pathways to brain problems and the technology got so good. So uh, I was really really attracted to it around then and and is it something where that's very hard like to be like okay I want to operate on brains is that harder than say you know gastroenterology is there is it a more competitive I think there's a bit of a of mystique about the brain that sort of sets it apart there are certainly tough operations we do some very dangerous things but I think pediatric heart surgery or cardiothoracic surgeries equivalently you know, uh, technically challenging for the most difficult neurosurgical procedures. But, you know, there are a lot of neurosurgical procedures that are no more difficult than most general surgery procedures. It's just, it's just when you're involved in the brain and the, you know, the downside of even a minor complication is so much greater that uh, there's a certain mystique about, you know, being a brain surgeon that I think is not always well-deserved. Were you a risk taker? Because it seems to me in these surgeries that you have to be comfortable with all the risk of, you know, 
you're you're frequently talking about you, you want to cut more tumor out, but you're worried that you're going to limit mobility or some other aspect of brain function. You know, I'm not a risk taker, at least physically. Like I, I've gotten a very good at snow skiing until I broke my neck. But yes, you know, um, I, I, you know, I talked to Alex Honnold. You know, Alex Honnold is the free climber. Uh, who who was in the movie Free Solo? Oh yes, yes, I am obsessed with him as well. <laughs> so he's uh he's an amazing guy, and yeah, he makes a mistake, he dies, right? So right. if I make a mistake, I hurt somebody. So there's an inherent difference to fear. You know, we fear for ourselves versus being for our patients or for our reputations or for medical legal reasons. So the fear is different. We they're definitely fearful, but you know his response to fear was training and. I think that he feels so confident in himself when he climbs because he prepares so well that he doesn't feel fear. Wasn't there some sort of like surmising that he had some sort of particular brain in which he doesn't? Yeah, have... well, they've studied him and, uh, you know, they, they, he said they, they, they put him in this imaging system. They, 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 he, he didn't show any fear. He goes, frankly, the pictures they showed me weren't very scary. You know, it's just like, <laughs> But he might not feel fear. He doesn't yeah. seem to. I, he said he did actually oh. he did feel fear and it made him train harder like he once got near the top and got lost on the on the on the climb and thought he was going to die and he felt fear but then he he ended up getting out of it but you know he had he before he uh climbed El Capitan he's he trained all over the world you know looking at different um kind of environments that would mimic El Capitan and so he trained himself through the fear. And I think the way I look at it and what we do, it's not quite the same, but I feel kind of bulletproof in most neurosurgical environments because I've trained really hard and I know that I'm as good as I can be. It's not an ego thing. It's just, I've worked really hard and I know what my limitations are. If I need, if I get into a problem, I ask for help. Um, I'm not afraid of asking for help. And, and th those are, that mitigates a lot of the fear because and that's why at our place, for example, my my partners and I, we all work very well together because we're willing to say, hey, want to help me out on this? And that really takes away some of the fear element. We know what our strengths are. So no, I don't, I don't, I'm not necessarily risk-taking when it comes to patient care, but I like challenging things. And I'll I train hard to get better at what I do so that I'm as good as I possibly can be, because that's what I want to be. Now, you mentioned your ski accident. Do you still ski as one? Yeah still ski okay but you know as a viewer i was like these producers they put a log on the mountain or something because they created this situation where the doctor himself is now a patient it's like it's such good television and then other people are getting pregnant on the show you go are these producers kind of like you know <laughs> injuring people and inseminating but how does it <laughs> no, I, I just, <laughs> it seemed a little too coincidental, but I have to say, I think she's now your ex-wife, but she said she, after you, so you had this traumatic spinal injury, right? Skiing. Yeah. And your wife at the time, I believe said to you, what do you want your quad playlist to be? And I, listen, I like gallows humor, but I was like, that is fucked up. Like, did you think that was funny or was that like, Oh yeah. Really? I was yeah. like, Oh, I was too on the edge of my seat. I was like, this is uh, for, for whatever reason. I was like, no, no, don't say that to him. He's going to pull through. I know. I, I think, uh, well, first of all, a lot of the women who were on the show were, I think they, in both Lennox Hill 
and um, in, in NYC were uh, childbearing age. And if you're willing to go on the show, you have to have a little bit of, you know, you want to show your true self or want have people see that or else you're crazy to do it. And I think they chose to have babies while they're on the show to, to, to which was a remarkable thing. Um, I thought especially the NYC uh, scenes were just unbelievable. Like the, uh, but they're just so dramatic. I mean, it's, it's hard. There's nothing more dramatic than a baby being born. And, and, you, and what the trouble is in the general public's view of this, you know, you know, they have this pushing and then all of a sudden the baby's in a blanket, looks all cleaned up and everything. I just think that the, even when I saw those, I was just blown away, just especially with the C-sections. It was like, holy crap. You know, we're just, we're not seeing that stuff very often. And I thought it was really fantastic. Yeah. But on the other hand, I don't, I don't want to be anti-feminist, but I did feel the brain stuff was really the, the meat yeah. and potatoes for me. Well, I see the brains all the time. I just don't see childbirth very often. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> was okay i have so many questions i'm trying to now okay first of all why do people wait so long with massive tumors like some people were coming in they had tumors on the top of their head they could have been wearing a hat in 45 mile per hour winds and it would have stayed on i'm going why didn't you come in sooner what do people put it off out of fear or is it a financial thing what do you find mostly that leads people to delay medical care well first of all most tumors don't cause symptoms right away so they have to grow relatively large before they become symptomatic unless they're picked up incidentally somebody gets an mri for some random headache or they have a it's pressing in a particularly sensitive location that causes a deficit so usually the reason why tumors that are you can't see like it's one thing if a Thing going out of your head but people did Which they those, had a huge... those are rarer you know those are that's that was a cancer i think that was untreated and people kind of get a little bit um nihilistic about it. i think they said nothing nobody could do for me and then it gets infected and they're you know like that those are rare cases and there are cases of these massive like tumors growing out of somebody's head there are sometimes they can cause frontal lobe syndromes they're so big inside they start to grow out and they just become neglectful or and that's rare other times they just start small and you keep covering it up. And before you know it, you know, it becomes like, oh my God, I really should see somebody. And people procrastinate. So that's the, it doesn't happen that often once they're, when they're visible. But the invisible tumors also, um, you'd be surprised how large a tumor has to get before it can cause a problem in certain locations of the brain. That the brain, as long as something grows slowly, usually accommodates that mass effect until something can get quite big. And so is it cell phones? Um, Do you think cell phones are increasing brain tumors? I don't think so. I don't think it's good data. I mean, there's some limited data that it may have some, but I, I certainly wouldn't bet on it. You know, I don't think there's enough data to say that. Okay. What about like, you know, when I was trying to get pregnant, I did acupuncture because it saw that clinical trials showed it in improved fertility. Is there anything like that for the brain in terms of supplements or foods that you eat or sleep? Or is there things that you personally have seen that degrade or help the brain? Well, there's no question the negatives are cigarettes, alcohol, and, you know, certain drugs. Um, what I about wouldn't ecstasy? say, you know, I'm, I'm a sort of not terrible, not great as far as some of the newer in vogue things, MDMA, LSD, certain hallucinogens. I mean, people are using them safely and I can't say they're bad for the brain, but they may not be good for the brain. They may be good for 
opening up your mind. They feel um, great. Really, as a separate thing. Yeah. If you're a burner, you you know people love going to Burning Man. I don't think it's it's bad for their brain, and people seem to be. The music you know, is bad for your brain. Yeah, people, yeah. People get really <laughs> you know opened up about stuff like that. But as far as good for your brain, I think there are that's a different story. There are you know things like metformin, um, uh, the, the 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 statins, um, and then there are certain you know, probably foods that are, you know, the Mediterranean diet um, is probably a good thing for aging, which tends to improve brain function. But what's probably most beneficial for brain is good sleep and um, being around social environments and being stimulated. And um, I think, and limiting, and limiting mental illness. I mean, people who are depressed don't live as long and they uh, aren't as smart. They, they, they basically lose brain function from their, from, from their, you know, chronic depression, it can happen. So I think, you know, there are a lot of factors, you know, the, the best advice I give people is, you know, moderation, you know, try to limit certainly cigarettes. I drink, but I don't drink, you know, to excess. I like a couple of drinks once in a while, you know, during COVID, I drank way too much. You know, I think it was just more time to, what was your drink of choice? Tequila. <laughs> I like vodka too. <laughs> Straight to the top. Um, hey, okay, wait. So, how many hours of sleep do you get a night as a brain expert? I try to get seven if I can. Same. I, that would be ideal. Same. Seven to eight. Eight is amazing. Seven yeah, is livable. Amazing. I wear an aura ring, so I keep track of it. Yeah. Mm. See, now, aren't you scared of all that and what it does to the body just having tech on your body? Well, that's if you're of the cell phone ilk, but no, I'm not afraid of it. You're not afraid. Hmm. Huh. All right. Any fix for Alzheimer's on the horizon? I'm probably going to get that. Not that I'm aware of, unfortunately, no. Okay. Next question. Any fix for Alzheimer's? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, thank you. Um, what do you think about AI? Is it going to be changing the whole game with brains? Are they going to make us have robots? I think that... Um... I mean, I'm certainly not an AI expert, but I've used, I'm using it um, in multiple areas of my life. And I think that uh, it's a revolution. Yes. I think um, that uh, it's going to change the way we do pretty much everything. I would, I would, I would think, yes. And that's to do with brains. It has to do with technology and the way this is going to be adopted. I think it, in, in general, it's going to make us better. It's going to make life more complicated. It's going to make certain businesses go away. It's going to be create new businesses. It's going to create um, stress on people as far as intellectual property and the value of, of, of your own skills, if they could be duplicated by a machine. I, I read recently there was a voice that was part of uh, OpenAI was using this one guy's voice. And now he is the voice of all the, you know, when you create a, a speech, you can say, you know, make a speech for me and and I want to hear it. And it's his voice. You know, there's you know, I think actors and actresses and writers and people who create entertainment are, they have to rethink potentially the way they're making a living because I think these things are going to be much easier to just pump out. Yeah. Right. You know, newspapers, the way we get information. We're all in peril. We're all in peril. Here's my question. How many years till I walk in to get my brain surgered and it's, it's like a robot standing there. That's like, I'm Dr. 78709020203. Please lay down. Like how many years out? Great grandchildren. Really? Yeah. But maybe they're yeah, maybe they're half robot too. Who knows? I don't even know that we'll have great grandchildren. That's that's how fatalistic I am. So that might not be the person. Because they won't get Alzheimer's. 
Is there any fix for Alzheimer's? <laughs> uh, um, here's a question. What are you smartest and dumbest about outside of the hospital in your personal life? What do you feel like you're really smart about? And what do you feel like you're pretty dumb? Dumb's easy. I'm just, I can't remember anything. I mean, I, I lose stuff, my keys, my wallet, my oh. phone. I lost my car once. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's terrible. Okay, um, so things don't matter to you. Things, yeah. items. Yeah, I think I, I know matter. someone like that. Um, I like to think that I'm um, just very curious. I, I I like Stoic philosophy, and I'm really interested in uh, Greek Greek and Roman history and um, the impact that's had on Western civilization. So I, I I'm very curious about that. I like, what about medicine in Greek times? Any interesting facts there? They weren't doing a hell hell of a lot. Really. You know? leeches no they, leeches yeah they didn't understand a lot yet that was pre pre-science you know they yeah they had some ideas they were learning about anatomy and they were you know experimenting with things that probably you wouldn't even consider on your worst enemies but um <laughs> they weren't wasn't real medicine yet when was the first brain tumor successfully removed do you know um probably early 1900s i mean there were attempts earlier than that but i that's when i think uh you know, late 18 or early 1900s were, I mean, neurosurgery itself is a relatively new field that, uh, you know, it followed general surgery, anesthesia, you know, it's all in the mid, like the 1920s, 1930s, there was a neurosurgeon named Harvey Cushing, who's really started the field, who came from Johns Hopkins, then was in at Yale and, and, and at the Brigham in Boston. But, you know, I think that um, it's still a relatively, it's less than 100 years old, our, our, our business. And already going to be outmoded by robots. That's a short lifespan gosh any fix for alzheimer's <laughs> it's never gonna it's never gonna get old is it it feels like it's evergreen right now um okay so i already asked about your ski accident okay now question about coffee so i i'm a coffee enthusiast right here i got my little coffee always do you not drink coffee a lot because it makes your hands shake for surgery or anything like that? Or do you think coffee's good for the brain or not? I like coffee. I drink it every day. It doesn't make me shake. Um, I've been drinking coffee since I was probably an undergraduate. And, uh, you know, there are people who have, a, we all have a little bit of a tremor, you know, inherently. Some people it's more coarse than mine. others. You know, some, yeah, exactly. <laughs> some people, the coffee exacerbates and other people don't. You know, I don't. I don't really feel like I'm, I'm many worse when, I'm, when I drink a lot of coffee. If you're tired and drink coffee, like really tired, like up all night tired, probably worse because you're just jittery. What's your go-to coffee order? I just get drip coffee, milk and sugar. Hmm. All right. You sweeten it up. I like it easy. I don't like waiting in line for some person to make it. It takes right, way too long. Just right. get, give me the coffee. I'm out of here. Uh, no no special milk for you. Just give me the freaking coffee. I'll, I'll take the, whatever milk you have. Badass. <laughs> A coffee cowboy, let's say. Okay. <laughs> Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like... Thank God for women, like, especially when it comes to Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean, it's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um... (laughs) So I'm sure everyone asked you, did you do a lot of press for your shows? You know, we didn't, you'd be surprised. Not as, the first one we did a little more, it was, uh, we knew it was coming out in June of 2020 around February or January. And so the COVID thing threw a curveball into all the things we had planned. Right. Uh, there was a fair amount of um, promotional stuff. And Netflix was a little bit of a different company in January and June of 2020 than it was in March of 2023. Also the, they had a little more money to spread on marketing. They were, I think, a little bit more on their own. There was no competition. Now they're on um, their last leg, yeah. right? Yeah. So the last legs, but they're not struggling with getting, uh, you know, uh, new um, subscriptions and they're, you know, fighting about password protection, all this kind of stuff. So they're, they've shown some austerity in the last few years that they, they were spending, they must spend a lot more money on our promotion, the first show, than they did the second one. Yeah. Um, but even the first one, you know, we did some interviews um, ahead of time. They released the shows, the press. We had, you know, a lot more interest, I think, the first time around. The second one, uh, we had, it just didn't seem less intensive. We didn't have nearly the, uh, the press wasn't quite as interested in the second one as it was in the first one. Wait till this, wait till this goes up. But it was COVID the first time too. So who knows? Yeah. Um, are brains often impaled? Impaled on what? 
anything. I mean, can anything just penetrate the skull? Have you seen anyone come in with like a spike in their head or anything? Um, I, when I was a resident, I saw, you know, those, um, the nails, like from roofing nails. Yeah. Like a nail gun. Yeah. Some guy tried to shoot himself with that to kill himself. And he had a big nail in his head. That's the, the, the worst I've seen, but I, I see a lot. We used to see a lot more of that when I was a resident gunshots, you know, I've seen pictures of arrows and things like that, but it's not that common in New York City. Is there any world where a nail gun would have worked? I mean, that seems like a... Oh, yeah. Really? Oh, oh. yeah. In the right place? Mm. I would think that was someone who kind of wanted to live, you know? I, I get the other ways to try to pretend to kill yourself other than shooting a nail into your head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem ideal, certainly. No, I, um, I think I'd choose a different way of faking it. So if I ever needed brain surgery, would you pro bono do it in exchange for some TikTok posts? Oh, yeah. <laughs> great. Sure. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> have you seen a show called Save My Skin? Nope. Listen, I have to tell you, that was my follow up, because after I finished your shows, I was like, I need more. I need more. And I, I haven't like I haven't watched Dr. Pimple Popper. I haven't watched many medical shows. But when I was pregnant, I did watch Boston ER. And for some reason, it soothed my anxiety or something. Save my skin. This lady is cutting open boils and I mean, just the most disgusting things pulling them out she always describes how they smell and i oh, was God. wondering <laughs> do brains have a smell no one of the reasons why i didn't like general surgeries because all these wounds and infections and drains and yeah you know, it, was, it wasn't clean surgery you know, you know gi surgery you know operating on the intestine it's oh just, yeah loud and clear thing. talking you know, about surgery tends to be pretty pretty clean in general and it's beautiful it's really fantastically beautiful I mean, it is. I honestly, <laughs> like brains, for some reason, they're just not disgusting to watch those surgeries. No, it's it's pretty amazing. Even today, I mean, I never get bored of it. Yeah. Would you ever and have you ever eaten brain? Or is that too close to home? I have not eaten brain. You know, it's a I delicacy. Don't, I don't, And I don't plan on it. <laughs> you will not. Um, will not. Now, here's rapid fire yes or no questions about risk taking would you cliff jump in with a like a with like a parachute <laughs> i said rapid fire yes or no yes. yes would you julienne vegetables on a slicer thingy yes would you horseback ride of course really really see now i i personally feel like once i've seen one person paralyzed by horseback riding i'm like i probably could take that off the itinerary and I'm I'm also surprised you ski again after your injury. Yeah, you know, skiing was always a, uh, you know, it's uh, it's something I really did not want to give up. You know, I, I think that um, certainly you can make a case for, you know, this, but I didn't do this. It kind of was accident. It was a total accident. I just wasn't paying attention. I went off a cliff. I wasn't like seeing something ridiculously hard. Um, but I, it definitely gave me pause um, to go skiing again. But I, I took it slowly, and uh, I just love it, you know. And I'm, I, I, I spent, I skied ever since I was a kid, and I, I took, I took lessons for years, um, and um, with my wife, and 
we do we, something we used to do together and I, I just really enjoy it and it's just love it's it's something that's really part of my happiness and so i i i, I definitely am more sensitive to like okay i'm not going to do that i'm not going to put myself in harm's way and but i went back to Vale this year and i went back and visited the the place where i fell uh, did you ski patrol did you start weeping that found me i invited them out for dinner the night before and they took me up on the mound it was really a, a an amazing day so um, you know, and hopefully lightning doesn't strike twice. You know, I think that would be really rare for the to suffer the same injury. Can twice. you imagine so. if you skied and you you skied right off that same cliff again? <laughs> I, I mean, skied, I sort of slide slipped down it. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Because you remember those um, guys who were like lion trainers and then the lion attacked them? Oh, yeah. I forget their names, but, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Out of your control, though. I mean, and again, you know, I mean, it is a dangerous sport, probably a lot more dangerous than people than anybody really cares to know. Yeah. Um, not so much breaking your neck, but, you know, limbs and things like that. Yeah. But I, I know so many people have gotten hurt skiing. It's it's really uh, pretty common. And my, my injury was particularly severe, but there are people that did a lot, have done a lot worse than me. Um, and I'm just I consider myself really lucky to have gone through what happened to me. Is that the most common form of um, what? What have you seen as the most common form of head trauma? Probably the most common is, is sports. That's the most, uh, and at least the most head trauma. Though it's not severe head trauma. Probably the, the next is car accidents or bicycle accidents. Um, I actually used to ride a bike. I fell off my bike and hit, broke my scapula rather than my hitting my head. Although I broke my God. helmet too, but. Um, so I don't, I think skiing is a rare cause of head injury. It, it does happen, but you have to be going really fast and lose control and usually hit something. Um, you know, skiers more commonly tear an ACL or break a, break a finger rather than, you know, have a head injury. It's, it's, it's much rarer to have a head injury, but it can happen. I mean, Natasha Richardson died of a blood clot after that's, a ski accident. Michael Schumacher, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, is impaired in coma after a ski accident so it, it does happen and it just turns out that Sonny Bono was in a bad ski accident I mean yeah you know wealthy people do ski a lot and so the, you often hear about these things of people in the media and celebrities who are skiing and um, they get themselves in trouble and um, but I do think we do a lot of things that are risky and did you just it. check an email no it's just just one of my texts came up okay everything I'm okay attention <laughs> no, listen, I feel like at the for the most part, I think I've pretty much asked you everything that, look, I prepared. I was excited. So what got you to podcasting? I don't even remember at this point. I started a long, long ago. This is actually the relaunch of my podcast. You're a comedian, right? Yeah, I, I do stand up and um, acting and writing a little bit of everything. Why did you um, start doing that? So it's going to be such a tragedy when I get Alzheimer's because, <laughs> listen, <laughs> this is my moneymaker. Actually, I also did want to know how is your colleague that had to have the surgery and, um, you know, I liked him a lot and it was kind of, you know, feel free to say I don't want to talk about it, but I was curious, like, how he's doing. You know, it seemed a little vague at the end. Yeah, Mitch is doing well. He uh, He's cured right now. He just is retiring this year. He's going to take an administrative job and he's, uh, he's, you know, cancer free. You know, he had That's to have amazing. radiation and the radiation side effects are tough. It really, you know, affected the bone and some of the skin around his face. So he's yeah. irritated there. Yeah. But that's, uh, you know, he's, um, he's actually doing really well Has a, has a new girlfriend and 
Um, he's he's lives a good life, you know. So I think he's a little uncomfortable sometimes from the side effects of the treatment rather than the cancer. But he was really up against it. He uh, he uh, I think he really uh, is happy that he got where he is, and he's a bit of a curmudgeon, as you can tell from the which I love. Well, but he's um he's a great guy. Yeah. But see, that was the other thing. You both had these I issues. I mean, I was like, these producers are probably going, oh, my God. I told John, I was like, John, we can't have a third show. You're next. You know, yeah, next. seriously. Yeah. How's he doing? Yeah. You you two seem like a real uh, killer duo. Not killer. That's a bad word. Yeah, John, John's great. He's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. And you've been working together for decades. Yeah, we were resident. Well, he was a junior resident to me back in at Penn in the 1990s and then he came to New York after I did, and then he joined me at Lennox in 2014. Yeah. Well, you seem to have an incredible um, communication and relationship. And um, oh, yeah, no, I just, I, I was really inspired by your, truly your passion for your job. I, I think like for me, I'm always so struck by people who just love, love what they do and always learning and growing from it. Um I really think that that's about it on my end. I, I hope this was silly enough because I'm just genuinely interested. But um, before before we break off, do you think in, in our lifetime there will be a fix for Alzheimer's? <laughs> you know, I do think so, yes. <laughs> Great. Be <laughs> <For> you. <laughs> You're going to be okay. Well, thank you. And um, any shows or anything you want to plug that you have coming up? Nope. I'll plug in your show. I appreciate you uh, asking me. It's a, it's really an honor to do stuff like this. And I appreciate your, that you love the show. So, I mean, the reason for doing the show was to really be influential in a way that, you know, uh, Brain influencer a or a Instagrammer or other types of influencers are influencing our kids and our young people. And I think, um, you know, seeing people love doing something for the good of mankind and for the good for humanity, it's important. Our that the people see that. And unfortunately we probably didn't get as many views as uh, the pimple popper or the, the lion or the tiger King, but I uh, think we should see the effect this had on young people going to medical school or even going into surgery. We've had a real impact on young kids. And if that's, uh, that's if that's the end result of this, it was worth doing. And I can't, I, I can't let you end on this level of humility because the show is incredible. Everyone here should watch it. I'm going to take calls um, from callers and talk to them about any kind of head traumas or brain issues that they've had after this. So it'll be kind of an episode with that theme, but I really encourage callers to check the show out so we can talk about it. It's, it's really fascinating. I honestly couldn't stop watching it. It gave me complete insomnia every night, <laughs> but it, there's something extremely energizing about it and, and profound. So you know, I just, uh, I can't let you sit here and, <laughs> and talk so humbly about it. Um, but, uh, yeah, thank you. And, um, I hope you'll listen to the episode and hopefully cure Alzheimer's one day. <laughs> hopefully a lot of people listen to your show. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. You never know. I'll put on my Instagram. So. <laughs> thank you. I got to follow you. I didn't yeah. even know you're on there. What is Come your on. Instagram? Dr. D. Langer. Come on. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. D. Langer on Instagram. And um, good luck with all those brains out there. Good luck with that Alzheimer's. It's going to get better you. someday. Fingers crossed. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Peace. Hello? Oh, my God. Did I just get through? You did. How are you? I'm so excited to talk to you about brain issues. Do you want to talk about my brain issues? Do you want to talk about my brain issues? I've been looking for someone like you And you've been looking for somebody too Welcome! How is your Hold day? on. What are we doing? We're not going back to small talk. <laughs> I want to hear. Nope. Sorry. Yeah, I want to hear. Let's talk about brain Yeah, issues. the story. <laughs> okay. So it kind of ties, well, definitely ties into your like health issue stories uh-huh. too. So like I didn't have like a traumatic brain injury or anything like that. I'm sorry. However, I do have a couple well, a handful of autoimmune diseases. <laughs> mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I had this crazy mm-hmm. thing happen. <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to bait and switch me like that? Didn't you say at the start that you did have a brain problem? Well, I have a brain problem though, but it was oh. caused, like it was like a chemical imbalance with like my thyroid hormones. We'll accept. We'll allow. Let's hear it. <laughs> Which was a product of an autoimmune disease. <laughs> <laughs> God, I can't believe I got through and this is my subject that I decided to bring up. <laughs> I panicked. Um. Did we get to this point? Did we get so far? Wait, so Chelsea, can I tell you? I mean, do you have any questions? Oh my God, you are losing. Hold on. You haven't still told me your story. (laughs) This is crazy. Did your brain, did your autoimmune disorder affect your memory? (laughs) Because. Yeah, it probably did. But also like, I'm just like such a big fan and I was like, I'm not going to get through. And now I'm here. And so you know how that goes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So my story. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm trying to think of like how I should start it without it being too long-winded, but basically um, I started to like lose weight really rapidly and I started to notice that I was like really anxious and nervous all the time. And then the brain stuff started happening and it's like a result of having this disease called Graves disease where your thyroid is like very, very overactive. So it just like... <laughs> so it's just like it's like your body is just like getting bombed with thyroid hormones so it's just like very very intense for all of your organs since it's like your endocrine system you know and it like <laughs> basically controls uh like everything in your body yeah. it can go really haywire so it did crazy things to my brain like it made me like my memory was off. Like there were times where like I would forget how to like use a spoon to stir a, a pot, and <laughs> or I would <laughs> I would be like I'm just trying to stir this pot, and I know my brain is telling my hand to do it, but then like it just wouldn't. <laughs> That's happen. like classic physical comedy. <laughs> Your hand <laughs> cannot stir a spoon in a pot. My God, really? Yeah. And wait, I don't even understand yeah. what is so Graves' disease just fucks up your brain and then all your um motor skills well it kind of it's it's like definitely depends on some people will get it like men and women get it differently uh you know because women have other hormones going on in their body that are also affected by it um and also some people can kind of just like they can get it and it's not very severe um but I had another autoimmune disease that was affecting it. So they were kind of like gassing each other up really hard. And so it got super, super intense. Yeah. Um, and also it's not common. So it took me four years to get diagnosed properly. <laughs> that actually, I wasn't laughing. That was my producer. I actually wasn't laughing. On, on that moment. <laughs> it's okay. I'm laughing, so it's all good. Hmm. I'm alive and my brain sort of works now. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
it works enough that I could type in the telephone number. Um, so yeah, it was all about like finding a doctor that actually could diagnose me. And that was a long process. And a lot of people with thyroid disorders, like do go through similar situations where I think a lot of doctors think that it can just be sort of more mild, but, and once my blood work started to get pulled, then they were like, oh, your thyroid hormones are like four times the amount a normal person has. And I was like, cool, that must be why I lose weight so rapidly. Like I can eat so, so much food and I still just like am constantly losing weight. Oh, that's amazing. And the hard thing about that is like, once you start to like look good, <laughs> losing weight, people are like, how can you be sick? You look so good. Yeah. Welcome to Hollywood, <laughs> honey. Gets... Welcome to Hollywood. <laughs> People diarying in their pants every day and having their period for three weeks. And everyone's like, you look fabulous, darling. <laughs> That's called Ozempified. These medical stories, you know, I'm really like, in my head, I'm going, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm asking people to tell their horrific medical trials and travails, and then I'm like laughing at it. I don't know if this is good content, I'll be honest. I uh, well, The thing is, no one wants to hear about I'm anyone's medical problems, so is it somehow therapeutic? Please say yes. Please say yes. I think so. And also, like, I'm laughing about it, and like... I don't know. I, I feel like if we can laugh about it and then somebody maybe hears it and they're like, oh shit. Yeah. Maybe I should get my thyroid Seriously, checked. Seriously, like, honey. Ding, 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 let me, let me press this random um, button. <laughs> well, it doesn't relate to the call, but what a bop. Thanks, I heart. <laughs> I, oh, I know you love I, I Heart. I never have access now. I don't have access anymore to some of the songs I used to play on my podcast, but what I do have is. So, you know, life, one door closes and another door opens. Isn't that beautiful? And same for you, right? You're all medicated up and healed now. No medical problems anymore. Um, well, so I had my thyroid removed and everything got so much better after that. But then your body, it's it legit, it legit took my body like a year to balance back out like and all of like the hormones that were like pumping through my cyst to get on normal levels. But yes, things are like way much better, way much better, way, way more better. 
Hormones, 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 hormones. Got hormones cranking through my system. Got hormones. Got hormones cranking through my system. through my So that's a remix for you. I met, I, and we'll leave a little space here. Maybe Kojak will make that for you. I'll I'll make the the oh audio. God. Got hormones cranking through my sis. 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 <laughs> Let's see what Kojak does with I love that. It. Um, listen. Good luck. What a journey. What a journey. Well, thanks for coming on this journey with me. Down a road with your story. Chelsea, thank you so much for starting the pod again. Oh. You're bringing people a lot of Listen, joy. Listen, thanks for being here. All we need is joy. All we need is love, right? I just sounded like a real radio <laughs> host. <laughs> thanks for calling. We'll see you uh, tomorrow on the morning zoo. Bye-bye. <laughs> well, folks, we've blithered about about this and that and talked to so-and-so and who's he, what's it. We talked to Dr. Langer, the esteemed Dr. Langer. And you know what? Uh, what's that out on the horizon? It looks like it might be someone who had some major stuff going on inside her noggin. Here I am pulling up to go closer. Let's see if we can get the full lowdown of a person, a comedian, a friend, comedy friend, I mean, you know, who has been through it with her noggin. I had heard about this. I didn't know the full story. I asked, would you want to talk about this on my stupid podcast? We play dumb sound effects during very dark stories. She said, yeah, let's do it. Now, did I handle it correctly? Is this the right tone? You'll be the judge of that as always. But um, I'm very honored that she chose this podcast out of all the three million podcasts. And that's just shooting here in L.A. that um, she could have shared her tale on. It's a competitive market. She had 5,000 offers to, sh to share the exclusive on this and she chose call Chelsea Peretti. Without further ado, please give a warm CCP welcome to Morgan Murphy. I don't know if we were recording, but I was saying that I associate you with the San Francisco punchline where I feel like you were just like, I think you started stand up before me by like a year or two or something like that. I Yeah, I started when I was ni 19 kind yeah. of officially. And then San Francisco Molly at the punchline was, you know, that at that time I was like, they were like, I drive five hours to do a set. Sure. So at that time <laughs> she would let me do the Sunday, you know, uh, potluck type uh show yeah. so i just went up there as much as i could because it was just a place to get stage time at a club yeah so i was you know but i had like that those were i was like i remember one trip like me and riley newton sharing like a twin bed 
in a comedy apartment that didn't even have like a working sink. So you're like brushing your teeth in the bathtub, that, that sort of era. But I was just, right. Even the worst moments. I was just like, this is cool. <laughs> like this is. Yeah. I never really like dealt with those comedy apartments. I don't know why. I guess I just like, I could see you like being above it then. <laughs> I don't know, but my point I can see was you having like, like enough common sense, even with like no comedy experience, be like, "Oh, but we're not doing that." I just didn't. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. I I feel like as soon as I well, I started making. I don't know. I did stay in a, a few shitty hotels and stuff, but as soon as I started making any money, I was like, uh, "Give me," you know, like where I forget what you call it, but you get like the shitty hotel room money, and you then put it towards a different yeah. room where you supplement it. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. But um, anyway, but all this to say that I just remember my first impression of you so strongly being like this cool, hot, you know, comedian at the San Francisco punchline that like everyone kind of liked. I don't know. You just seem really like popular. <laughs> so It's so weird to hear other people's perception yeah. of you and and then think about and go wow that's not at all what was going through my head i was just well scared and... it seemed that you seemed cool and you Aww. seemed like and then like you kind of had and i i feel like i you know i haven't watched a ton of really anyone stand up in recent years because i actually think stand up's insane like when i think about like even the most interesting person i know i don't want to hear them talk for an hour mm -hmm. straight it's like can you let anyone say anything <laughs> it's like it's just a crazy art form <laughs> like it's like if a movie was just one monologue yeah you're just like is there anything else that's gonna happen we're merely listening to you this entire film <laughs> i'm i'm actually very with you like i I often think about how narcissistic it is. Yeah. Like, I'm like, this is the most, there's like years in therapy where that's all I kept up being at is I go like, I can't keep doing this. This is, this is the most narcissistic thing a person can totally. do. Totally. And also it's like, so, so many comedians, it's so fake because whatever is going on in your life, you're like, razzle me, dazzle Like, get on stage. Like, sometimes I feel like I'm too moody for it and I'm too like, I don't know. And then also I just sometimes feel private. Like I'm like, oh, my my philosophies or my, you know, <laughs> I want to say social, emotional development, whatever it is, is in progress. I don't want to share definitive snapshots of yes. it at every stage of my life. You yeah. know, I don't know. But anyway, all this is to say <laughs> you're Morgan Murphy. I'm Welcome Morgan to Murphy. the pod. Um, I... I interviewed this guy. Well, so have, first of all, okay. So I interviewed this guy, Dr. Langer, mm -hmm. who has this series that I love. Have you seen it? Um, Lennox Hill and Emergency NYC. I've I've seen like an episode. I think I started it or saw it. It's very uh, engaging. Uh, it's like the emergency room. Well, not room, that right? engaging. Isn't it like the, emer is it the you emergency You only started it. Well, no, but it's, it's the, the emergency opposite. room one. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely seen it. I just been on been a while. I started an app. It's very engaging. <laughs> now I'm wondering, now that you've experienced uh well, I, I, I haven't laid out what you've experienced. I actually don't know. <laughs> I want you to yeah. explain to me what you've experienced, but you've had uh brain surgery yourself and is the is that make mm -hmm. it where it's like you don't want to watch some show where people are having emergencies, you know, like is it too is not fun to like 
watch people no, get I brain watch. surgery. No, I, I like it. And that stuff's like, that's like, I like the, the rush of that. That's very, they're, they're really, uh, there's not a lot of like planning for the work they're doing. I like watching people, you know. Yeah, like. Do very hard things very fast altogether. Yeah, that's the stakes are yeah. so high. And then when you, you think about stand-up, <laughs> yeah. which for me was someone who does like have stage fright and kind of anxiety and most of the time I walk off stage, I'm like, I didn't like how I did something or I didn't like how someone in the audience seemed mm-hmm. to feel or whatever it is. I'm always picking at it, you know? Yeah. So then you go, well, this is a job with actual stakes, which actually, anyway, regardless, can you mm-hmm. walk me through what happened and what I you know, what was your first sense that something like, did you know for years that something felt off in your brain and what yeah. happened? Um, there was some stuff that was revealed later that answered some questions in hindsight, like, oh, some symptoms that were just sort of written off, but they weren't the, the stuff that I started feeling, which was like mid 2019. Um, I started feeling uh it's like it's very hard to explain the level of pain but a pain in my throat at the time i thought i just had like an insane ear infection uh and i kept and then a lot of sensation issues that were just strange that i didn't know how to describe yet but but the but the most alarming symptom was like that somebody took a like a a, a, a a fire poker that had like been left in the fire for a day and just went right through my throat and like through nerve, the, very nerve. <laughs> yeah. Like the base of my tongue and my throat, it would like stop me in my tracks, swallowing, speaking, chewing. Um, and then all of a sudden just a, a wave of pain that is like, think of all the pain you've ever had. That's like broken bones and being cut or whatever stabbed. I don't know what what kind of pain you've had, Hmm. but it was like, you're making me feel like I really haven't had that much. (laughs) I hadn't had that much. I'd had like broken bones. I'm like, I mean, I did break a couple fingers doing yoga recently. (laughs) I think the easiest way to explain is like, if you ever like a pinch nerve in your back or something, but then imagine that like times a thousand and it's your throat. Right. And then, um, and and I was like, this can't even, it's like a, like a curse from like a fairy tale. You're just like, this can't actually be a real thing. Like it, this is, this is What's too the insane. fairy tale part? <laughs> or a, uh, like a, like a sad fairy, you know what I yeah. mean? Like a, like dark, a, like, oh yeah, dark, you, scary you, fairy you, tale. yeah, you tricked the wrong <laughs> troll and they were like, uh, here's what I'm going to give yeah. you, your grandkids or whatever. And then they got this, uh, so it was like horrific pain. So I started going to the ENT. Uh, do you Shutter. believe in trolls? <laughs> I do now after this. <laughs> uh, I started going to the ENT multiple times a week, just in there sobbing, just like, and I was at Modern Family at the time. Like I was like, my life was kind of like, I felt I was writing and I was like, you know, things were good, but then I'd leave work and I would just go to the doctor and I'm just. So like, for weeks you're having yeah, extreme like, pain. <laughs> extreme pain that would just, I'd stop speaking and have to wait for it to like rise and it'd be like 30 seconds and then it would just shut down. And um, your first doctor's visit, are they like, oh, it could be mono? It was, yeah, it was all looking at my throat. And this was like a few months of, um, uh, fast forward to like being at a doctor, you only go to for emergencies and now suddenly you're there multiple times a week. Right. I'm going like something's very wrong and you know they were looking up my nose and down my throat and and um and giving me those medicine and stuff mm-hmm. nothing really working uh and then um and then i like i had an endoscopy and they they were noticing mm, little boring, things but progress. nothing was helping me and then um 
a few months into this process, which I learned later was like a very short time actually to get to a diagnosis, um, my doctor was like, you know, there's this thing. And he's like, I just want to rule it out. It's neurological. I want you to go to a neurologist. And, um, and then he got me into this neurologist and she diagnosed me in like 30 seconds. Really? Um, really? Yeah. <laughs> so it was, uh, how they, how, she, I mean, it was one, me telling her what was happening. And I also had what they realized when I went to this doctor was, uh, that I had damage to the, uh, glossopharyngeal nerve, which is like a nerve that goes to your parts of your face, your tongue, yeah. your throat. Really? And the nerve wasn't acting right. So like nothing was happening right. And then what I also realized was all the stuff I'd said, like, oh, there's like, yeah. uh, you know, there's definitely like my sinus is totally clogged, you know? And for months they're like, no, it's totally fine. And I kept saying, no, mm. it's like really? nothing's ha There's I can't get any air up there. Like, no, you are. Mm. And it's a strange thing. What I realized was like, half my head was like internally like numb. So I had no sensation up in my sinuses and stuff. And that's what I was. But it's kind of crazy. <laughs> registering. That you're going to all these people who, who aren't, aren't considering that this could be going on. I mean, I guess well, obviously. It's, yeah, it's common to have. I, there are people who've gone years and had teeth removed and stuff because it's so rare that like. Like the miracle that he even sent me to this neurologist as quickly was that in his 40 plus years of practice, I'm as Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, a daily podcast from Hello Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Every weekday, we bring you conversations with the culture makers who inspire us. Like our recent episode with Hollywood royalty Regina and Raina King. We talked about the creative power of women's relationships. I feel like... Thank God for women, like, especially when it comes to Black women, the way we lean on our mothers, our grandmothers, our sisters, our friends. We're just each other's pulse. I mean, 
it's molecular, you know? Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Only case he's ever seen. Hmm. So, like, that, and also... In case of what? What was the diagnosis? It's called glossopharyngeal neuralgia or pharyngeal neuralgia. You have, like, cranial nerves. I don't know if you're familiar with these cranial nerves. There are these nerves that go to, like... They're, they sort of stem from your brain stem and they go to like parts of your, your face. You have like another one I had uh, issues with was the uh, hypoglossal nerve, which controls the tongue. So I couldn't like go to the dentist and stuff because I couldn't control my tongue uh, or make it do what, you know, I couldn't like lift up my, you know. You can do that. I can do, I can do some things. Uh, <laughs> I can do some things now. Um, and so, yeah, so this was, I mean, come on, this is, this is months. This, this neurologist diagnoses me. I got very lucky to end up at like a facial neurologist specialist, which is like, Again, that's usually many steps down. They give you a facial and yes. all the treatments. <laughs> yes, that's they give you that's a, so got, LA, yeah. but so cool that yeah, that exists. She, yeah, she gave me wonderful steam. <laughs> like you're going to be in pain forever, and uh, and so um, you know it's it's so funny because it's hard to hit these moments and then not say like in hindsight this was the best thing about this moment, but right. Um, in hindsight, the best thing about winding up with her was she refused to give me any opioids, hmm. um, which you know having met online some people who had what i had uh mm. that becomes a big issue with um mm. trying to treat this pain but she was yeah. like hey it's only going to work for a week mm. uh and then mm. they'll have a problem so i started doing all these crazy experimental treatments at that point my my job had ended i your so, job ended because of no the... i mean the job wrapped oh. i kind of crawled to the finish line of my writing yeah. job mm. and i knew like the big big the big big um big big moment where I was like, this is really bad was I was talking to people about what's the next job. And I was going from like writing jobs and I knew that I couldn't take one, but that was the moment where I was mm. like, this is, uh, this, this is really not good. So I said, I, I can't in good conscience commit to somebody else and, and stand up. I'd already retired from because I couldn't guarantee that I'd be able to speak, um, you know, when I booked a set. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, so I end up at this at this doctor, and I start doing these, um, you know, experimental, meaning just insurance won't cover it, <laughs> treatments for the pain, <clears throat> and learned about a whole world of medicine that I never knew existed, uh, which is sort of um, I was just giving them all my money. I thought at first when I said yes to I said yes to everything because you just get desperate and you're just yeah. Um, it's like the same reason they started reading like yeah, yeah, Buddhist yeah. literature. And so I was just like, whatever, yeah. whatever's next, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, I thought like, oh, this is going to be snake oil. And all of a sudden I started feeling these, these, these benefits. From you know? what? One was uh, <laughs> these injections I'd get into my neck of um, in short, like radio signals. So they have to stick the antenna of a radio they stick into like, your neck? It almost looks like a knitting needle. And they, uh, and again, I'm at this point, I'm like, it was a, you know, I'm, I'm 42, I was 38 when this all started. And God. I was like, I was a baby. I was, I mean, also, I have to also say this aligned the pandemic started. So a lot of these right. appointments, I was just there alone and God, uh, and I'm crying, but it, you, you hear the, like the Chernobyl clicking, the radiation clicking, because they have to watch it as it goes in and they, and they hit a nerve that I guess is like closer to like the center of your uh, neck mm. those worked then i was doing like infusions of uh ketamine 
Mm. Which, like, I had never You talked done... to Reggie Watts about <laughs> yeah. that? <laughs> well, I knew of people who had done it for depression and stuff, but, yeah. like, the amounts I was doing, I guess, were pretty, uh, were, were, were pretty bananas. Enough but... to kill a horse. Yeah, they had to kill eight, <laughs> eight horses. Um, but I would do these, like, through the pandemic, I was going, I was staying three days in a row next to my neurologist's office and doing three days of six-hour infusions a day. And then after, like, the first three-day infusion, I come home i go well that they took my money and they bamboo i got bamboozled i'm a mark that was stupid and like five six days later when the pain started to shoot up it like where it used to go to like a thousand it stopped at like a seven and it was like became and this is from the the am the radio no this is from oh. the ketamine the am radio did the, the, the am radio was for the it, it, it i couldn't sound like i'm making this up more. it was country music <laughs> but the am radio um the am radio helped my ability to swallow um okay like what, one of the diagnosing tools is called a sphenopalatine ganglion block mm, and sure it's like yeah it's like uh it's like uh uh you, you know, like a COVID test up the nose. So imagine if a COVID test went like up to the eyeball mm -hmm. and they like numb the nerve. And the minute she did that, I said, it felt like someone took a grapefruit out of my throat and you start to like put all these connections together. So that was the diagnosis. So, um, but yeah, like five days after the first uh, three day ketamine infusion, uh, my pain was like at a level that was I wasn't going to really, I wasn't going to work. I knew that was kind of, that was still out of the picture. I was on so much neurological medication that I also felt um, very stupid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm markedly dumber than I've ever wow. been. Um, and, uh, and so I was kind of like, okay, well, this is best case scenario. Right. But I found something that works. I'll spend all my money on it and then I won't have any. And then Again, like not even imagining what's after that. You're just like, whatever it takes. Get me my next fix. <laughs> Get me my next fix. So I needed that like every like six weeks it would go away. Some people do it once a year, once every couple of years, depending on what you have. At this point, I already had multiple brain MRIs. They couldn't figure out what was causing what I had. That was, that's like an important uh, note. Okay, hold on. Important yeah. note. <laughs> okay. We forgot to do, we discussed these sound <laughs> yeah. effects before. Okay, there, that's a ding. So yeah, so 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 I should say when I got. By the way, if I'm if I'm talking too much, like you can say this is where usually we stop and then I talk. Well, I have to confess that I did hit the boring anecdote button as a joke yeah. at one point oh, when you were talking. I don't get to hear when you do no, it. No, well, I forgot about this whole thing because I just start. We started talking, mm. but like when we were messaging about mm -hmm. this, I was like, I do dumb sound effects. You're like, great. I was asking like, you know, okay. how much you want to be silly or not and it's up to you and you were saying you were into it so we could have our headphones on and and do these things but <laughs> i truthfully just got kind of caught up in listening to you and i forgot and then i hit one and then oh, i immediately fine. felt guilty about no, 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 it no, it's all right. and uh i i just have to clarify that i got your consent in advance uh, yeah you did okay um i want to read some of these okay yeah so so wait i don't want to lose where we are mm -hmm. but anyhow the the jackpot is when something absolutely bananas mm -hmm. happens okay that's largely reserved for bear attacks yeah. oh wait so i can i do so i can yeah. watch it so i can go wait actually that's oh i thought that was more like breaks yeah that's kind of someone leaving the situation oh i, I, I meant like i meant like a record scratch yeah. like is there a record like scratch? this 
no that's like glass I'm, I'm going back and reminding <laughs> you that I'm making a, a point that might be necessary for the story down the road. Okay. Mm, boring anecdote in progress. Sure. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'm I at the know. doctor. Uh, she diagnoses me through that that block, and also she realized that I don't have um, I don't have a gag reflex. Oh yeah. The, oh, and, now and, see, uh, this is see, very I'm much. basically a producer. <laughs> And uh, so no she, yeah. gag reflex. Now, did you take that out for a spin? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, 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 You're a guy's dream. Can I say the saddest specific? The saddest specific. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be the judge of that. Is, um, no, it actually is heartbreaking. Uh, is uh, when all this was happening, I realized uh, also because I couldn't control my tongue and because anything I did was could cause all this pain, I realized. One of the first things I like focused on was that I would never kiss again. Of course. It was like such a specific thing where like, I was like, yeah, I'm never gonna work again, never gonna have any, but also like that one, that one thing. Uh, That's a fucking, of course, <laughs> yeah, of was course. Like, Anytime like, yeah. anything physical fails yeah. you, you go, oh my God, I was so lucky yeah. to be fucking smooching yeah. every dude in comedy. <laughs> Of the great, I was yeah, I was uh, <laughs> I was the great smoocher of the aughts, and I um, but I was like, okay, those days are behind me. God, um, I mean, this and the 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 isolation and that it was all in the pandemic, so yeah, you're it was wild dealing with all this anxiety and yeah, and in the own. in the in the part. So the day they diagnosed me, they were like, we want to get you in um, tomorrow for a brain MRI because they there's different things that can cause this. Um, so you know, and then you're also like when they want to get you in for a brain MRI at like 6 a.m. the next day, then you start to go, oh, I'm I'm now I'm extra scared, boring anecdote or? Mm, no, I was going to go when they, I'm too late. I don't know where my buttons are. Yeah. That's a gasp. 6 a.m. the next <laughs> um, day? No. So I, uh, I like stayed at a hotel uh, by the, again, the, one of the things I was doing too was just spending money. I was never a money spender. And I was like, I'm just going to stay at yeah. the Four Seasons amazing like i'm going to just just pummel comfort if i can get a half a second of comfort mm -hmm. i'm just gonna do it and once money means when you're like oh this is never, i just was so god bless her uh tig nataro was was very kind enough to meet me the next at the, four seasons. At she, the four seasons she sacrificed herself well and she went didn't to the stay there she, no she oh. did sacrifice because oh. i i was so terrified that of course I, I this at the time was not long long after tig had been very um you know wonderfully uh open and public about about her health struggles and mm -hmm. i was like my life is over and now i'm terrified about the summer and she met me at like six in the morning, yeah. Like to to just let me say how scared I was, basically, yeah. And ask for advice that really you can't be given. But Tig is so good at it because she'll kind of laugh through the, yeah, you know, the the hardest moments. And then all of a sudden there was like John Stewart people people walked into the hotel and they're like Tig, and like so it's very it became oh this, you like, ran a, into people. People came into the hotel were excited to see Tig. Oh, like the coach, I think like the the Houston Rockets coach or some people at the time were. Wow. So I'm sitting there like it's all over. You go, Where are you a tar? Are you in the lobby? Yeah, like in the in the. <laughs> you know, wouldn't this be a room? We combo? were having a coffee. There was nobody there. Right. The people who happened to walk in. God, I hate to, to like, be like. I hate to say my mind is wandering to just. 
Ah, oh, having a coffee at the Four Seasons yeah. with a friend sounds so nice. It sounds so nice. But I know, I recognize that's not the but topic But that was sentence. the whole point was like, how do I give, what am I saving anything for? So at right. this point, No, I mean, that makes cares, total right? sense. So I'm like, comfort. Any, comfort like yeah. my horse, my horse. Uh, yeah. No, a horse, a horse. Yeah. A ki- my yeah. kingdom for a horse. Yeah, if you're, <laughs> if you're, if you're, if you're crying and you're scared, you might as well also have like, nice socks on or whatever you know what yeah. i mean like it's, there's little things that help so yes 100 uh that's what i tell everybody who's sick get some socks and uh so i have the first brain mri and they don't find what they're looking for which is like a tumor ms something very visible pressing against the nerve hmm. so the the ketamine treatments all this shit yeah mm, they, they don't, don't find, find it, it. They don't find it. <laughs> um so I'm getting all this stuff i'm realizing okay i got all these treatments that at least are keeping me in like what I would call a level liv- seven pain, a livable amount of like pain that I knew was going to happen every day. But I also was able to start like going like, well, what does a life look like if you just all that you're supposed to do is like observe the flowers and you know, you start to just map out what a almost entirely philosophical life will be also imagining like, what if I, uh cannot swallow in the future what if i cannot speak uh, mm. yes all those things twice mm. uh and then like i don't know how to make a year and a half short but basically uh in the pandemic a very nice uh friend of mine offered me uh this now this just sounds like a a, a like almost like gluttonous privilege offered me he said, hey, I'm going to a house in Hawaii, my house in Hawaii on the beach uh, with a few people for the pandemic. We're like getting out like classic, like rich people scooting. Yeah. And uh, I said, I can't go. I'm tethered to this neurologist. Like I literally I'll be there four weeks and then I'll, um, you know. Uh, and that was un- un- unconventional to be tethered to your neurologist. Yes, I was tethered to my <laughs> neurologist. And I was like, I won't. He's like, it's a free house in Hawaii. And I'm right. like, I will be in 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 a volcano uh, toot sweet. Um, mm. So he then got alarmed that basically I, he, he kept telling me you're accepting too low of a quality of life and you should keep looking for more answers. He ended up knowing a neurosurgeon in New York. That but guy, why did he escalate it to neurosurgeon? Well, because... Uh, it, they knew it was a neuro. They knew what it, what I had. I, I had my diagnosis, but what they couldn't find through three MRIs was what was messing up the nerve. So they had decided that it was probably like a virus, like probably some even more rare version, like a rarer cause of a rare thing. And by mm-hmm. rare, it's like I the numbers I read is like like two to seven out of a million people. This is like can be a thing and i had a, a pretty extreme uh, have you met the other person i've met one person who was living publicly with this thing and a yeah. more complex uh, case than me and i so i became um best friends she she was very she was very helpful bff uh yeah bff <laughs> um, um wait so the diagnosis the long word that you said yeah before glossopharyngeal neuralgia or pharyngeal, okay um that is what you had. They knew what I had, but they couldn't figure out. Like, so they go, okay, this nerve is definitely damaged. We can't find out why. And it was like, usually they'll see like it's it's a tumor or MS or, or a compression of the nerve that they can see on the MRI. And for whatever reason, 
they couldn't see mine. This woman I was talking to in um, uh, on, on Instagram, she, hers, she has MS. So she's mm-hmm. had uh, she's sort of multiple, I would say, bouts of this. That's not even a fair word. But um, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, so I became uh, pals, pals with her. In any case, this guy gets me in touch. Not even gets me in touch. He says, why not keep looking? Will you do me a favor? Will you write out your last year? And I'll just, maybe he can't help. Maybe there's nothing to do write your last year out on on paper and then kept bothering me and kept bothering me and i finally did sent it to him now what level of detail uh did you go into i um it was all it was just medical stuff i wasn't like okay (laughs) not like bagel brunch yeah no 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 no. it was like uh yeah it was like five mile run thursday i made a salad (laughs) okay um i learned how to cook mahi mahi uh i (laughs) The um, doctor's like, stop right there. Yeah, I got four pages into a book before I realized it's a yeah. cult. I uh, <laughs> so I send this guy a letter again at any every turn. Now I expect nothing because I'm just like I've had three MRIs. You've I, given I'm, up. I've given up. I've given up on everything that isn't what I'm already doing. Um, this guy ends up uh, wanting to get on the phone for a phone call, and I could like, I could sense the moment he went from like the diagnosis was he was skeptical. Like, mm. this is a person who actually has this to being incredibly interested. And that's like. And this is a doctor. This is a neurosurgeon. Um, no, it's just a, like a deli guy. I'm losing track of who's. Sorry. Who. This is a neurosurgeon. Um, okay. Yeah. Who, uh, who offered <laughs> the deli to, guy. To was, wait a minute. Yeah. Now that detail yeah, fascinates yeah, yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. I was given his phone number. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and he then got interested because like. I say to people, yeah, if you're going to have something um, bad, it should be very rare because then doctors are like, oh, they, they fascinated. Get, they get excited. They're like, yeah, it's like they get it. Like, they're like, I'll fix her. And uh, yeah. and so he got interested. Um, he was ask, like asking me questions like, what does it feel like to drink a cold beverage? Like very specific questions. And I would just explain to him. And then I think he was suddenly like, oh, this is real. And uh, we talked about me maybe going out to, to New York where he's the chair of, of neurosurgery. But he said, I want to send you to my colleague in San Diego. I went down there. You have to meet the guy on a beach. Yeah, <laughs> meet the guy he's on, on a beach. full yes. surfboard, everything. Yes, he's, uh, he's a backup catcher for the Padres. <laughs> Part times. Uh, no, he moonlights. Um, so I go down there and I do like what feels like a, uh, you know, like a almost you know, like movies where like the military is examining an alien or something like a full day, one of those full day hospital things where you stay in a room and different doctors come in and like, you know, and examine you and watch you swallow things. And, uh, and then followed by this MRI and this machine that like, there was only one of the MRIs that he wanted to try to use. And then three days later I get a call. I assume, you know, it's all nothing. And he said, we found, where your nerve is being compressed. <laughs> don't, don't look at me laughing because the thing is, I just looked at my watch. I'm like, oh my God, I have a dinner reservation in 15 minutes. Like I was like also trying not to just, as soon as your story wound up going. Yeah. <laughs> it's truly like, I, I couldn't seem like a worse person than in this um, scenario, but um. But that's what I'm sure there's a 15 minute. Expect, right? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of my brand, I guess. I mean, even though, listen, I do think I'm a good person, but not, not across the board, I guess. But um, 
there's usually a 15 minute grace period with reservations. I think mm-hmm. on my end, I'm going to be okay. Now, do Bye. you ha- so you have not gone on any podcasts? Is this an exclusive? I did. Um, I did a couple. I did a like one and a half. I guess like I did like a little. I've talked to a couple people, but uh, but yeah, this is. I think this is like the most uh, most in depth I've gotten. Yeah, I wasn't. So... I wasn't. I, I apologize. I didn't look. I didn't know you had dinner. No, I didn't realize at all what time it was because it's that's the thing. I was yeah. hanging, I was hanging on every word. I lost track of time. Then you're, I looked and I go, "Oh my gosh!" You know, it, it was not on my mind no, until the very end, um, right at your diagnosis. Yeah, right until the then moment. you were hanging yeah. On. Until then, I was like on every no. But um, anyway, well, I don't know how to wrap this up really because I just think that. It is crazy how when you're in perfect health, you take for granted your health. And then as soon as anything goes wrong, you're just, um, you really realize how much you take it all for granted. It's the craziest thing is how everyone says that all the time. (laughs) No, no, no. Not, I mean, in life, like the, 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 the the most obvious (laughs) stuff people say, yeah. What it takes for you to go. Oh yeah, that's true. That thing everybody says. I feel that a lot. Like as I get older, I feel that a lot about like everything. Like my mom told me when I was younger. Now I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. But it's taken a long time to realize a lot of them. Yeah. I used to walk around the house. I get my worst. He's walk around going, you can see, you can hear, you can walk, you can hear. Like, I used to repeat the things I could do. This is heartbreaking. Is it? I thought it was, like, inspiring. <laughs> well, I think most inspiring things are heartbreaking. But wait, let's let's, let's, say, let's say this. Yes. Are you writing now? Uh, yeah, yeah. I know yeah, the answer from, to this. No, I'm, I'm just only simply saying this for the listener. You're writing yeah. for one of the I'm best writing, shows? Uh, on on Abbott Elementary. Oh, I thought it was Blippy. <laughs> just kidding that's for the parents worst show ever yeah. existent um abbott elementary hold on which is such a great show you are are you kissing what's that are you kissing i i have kissed i my tongue is 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 good it's uh <laughs> everything's like a little tricky i'm trying to force you into a simple happy ending your tongue is elastic you're kissing yeah. you're writing on the best show thank you morgan yeah, i'm trying um, to keep let's keep the show moving let's keep the show moving you know yeah. like when people MC comedy shows yeah. no i mean listen what did a fucking ordeal i'm not trying to minimize it um what what would you like to leave the listener with is there any piece of advice is there any spiritual edict that you now live by is there any just medical advice what what should the listener take away from this story should i provide this I mean, <laughs> is that this my is, job it, it is uh <laughs> it is uh i do it's funny because i do have jokes about like this this story but they you know it's uh, i I it's it, I'm reluctant to waste it on here. No, I get not it. Waste it just like it. I find myself being that person that keeps going. Keep looking. Keep. Yeah. Never stop. Never stop looking. Like I. I the things I say. I uh, feel like things like a, an old person uh, might say. But I do right. tell people. It. I know that where I would have stopped looking had somebody else not told me like. Friendship you really gotta, is the yeah. answer. Friendship's the answer. Um, Friendship's the answer. And, uh, and so yeah, so uh, you know, don't don't stop looking and uh, demand to be listened to. 
about your Don't thing. stop looking. I can't. I actually had trouble keeping eye contact there because I almost felt like you hated me when I was singing Don't Stop Looking. No, no, I was no, like, no. wait, you know, like you're talking to someone, you're like, showbiz, showbiz layered on top of you go in someone's eyes. Or like, I do feel they like hate I don't you? know how to make, I don't know how to like do this. Like, I don't know how to panel this story. You know I know. What I, mean? I know. And listen, don't don't get me wrong. I'm up against that yeah. same situation right now like, where I'm yeah. like, I can't wrap this up. We got to stay podcasting. We can't end the podcast. But this is what happens when two people who don't know how to play the like, let's folks, this is right. like the two. We need, right. we need one person on here. Yeah. Who's like, you know, speaking of trauma and then right. like, and like then, Natasha Leggero yeah. right now, she would know yes. what to do. Yes. Speaking I of think. mouths that work, someone's got to get some dinner. Right. You know? Yeah. It's me. Will that 15 minute grace period, will it work out for me and my family? Morgan? Thank you for, honestly, I do mean this sincerely. Like, thank you for sharing your story because it's not always, you know, comedy's weird, right? Like, we joke about everything horrible. So mm -hmm. that's kind of my MO and probably yours. But on the other hand, you don't want to sell yourself out. And I just, you know, again, if there's anything you think of that you don't want on here, mm -hmm. I'll cut it. I'm one of the best hearted people in the business. No, that that's the conclusion about your turmoil and your trauma um anyhow but no it's sincerely thank you and um you know i feel like i introduced the sound effects too late they weren't working so that piece of it i you know i i again apologize for no, i thought you did a great job okay thank you um well listen let's have you back every episode Okay. I'll see you next time. <laughs> Shake on it. Every ep. All right. Thank you. And oh, this is this is Morgan getting in her car. Yep. Bye, Morgan. Bye. You seem like a real sweetheart, but I gotta go. And then here's me getting in my little Maserati. We have matching Maseratis. Hey. Um. This is an epilogue. I just want to let you know that I did make it to my reservation and the dinner was fantastic. So there are some happy endings out there. You just got to look for them. Okay, peace, everyone. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. 
like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.